Praise the Lord. Just still seated there. Say, my marriage will be a blessing. My children will surround my table. I will see my children's children. Say the Lord of hosts. I want to say a big thank you to God. Thank you, Pastor Odense. Thank you. My lovely sister, thank you. I had a lot of time with her and I told her she's a great woman. She's a minister. What she's been through, it's only God that could have healed her. And it's only God that could make her stand like this. But we thank the Lord. I thank God for my life and in particular the life of my husband. And um, I know a lot of times I may not say this to him because to a lot of people I appear very hard. But he's my stability, stabilizing force. His meekness, his quietness, his confidence, it helps me. It reassures me. It gives me the energy to keep moving on. And um, sometimes when I feel discouraged, I put a lot of pressure on him because I expect him to be like God to me. I want to say to you that I may not know how to say it very well, but you are a very great man and very special to me. I don't say I love you because I'm a poor Jesha girl. And he says, I love you. And I'll say, mm-hmm. He says, when I say I love you, say, I love you too. And I'll quote a scripture. The Bible says, husband, love your wife. So, he did not say for once that a wife should do what? Love the husband. So, when you say I love you, you're just doing a confession of faith. So, but today, I want to say before the whole church, I love you. And I promise to walk with you. Can I have my handkerchief, please? Please always pack it with my iPad. Thank you. I will love you till Jesus comes. But I may not be saying it again. Thank you, Jesus. Today I'm sharing with you on intimacy in marriage. I'm going to touch a lot of sore spots. I want you to understand that this is like a school. That's why we take a long time. It's like, like a seminar, like a conference that we hold twice a year. And I believe that whoever comes to this kind of meeting has made up his or her mind that I want my marriage to work. And so I prophesy today your marriage will work. Amen. Your marriage will not break. Your husband will understand your pains. Your wife will understand your struggles. You'll be a good parent to your children. Your in-laws will love you. And you will come out with a testimony. 
in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about intimacy in marriage. I, I, I want to start by letting you know, and I will say this all the time, that success in marriage is not automatic. Many of us marry and we think that if it's that girl that I said I love you, and she also responds to me, you know, I say the man that makes my heart Paulina, Paulina. What was happening at the time of courtship was chemistry. It wasn't love. The man has his palm duct full and was looking for a safe place to ejaculate. The man was looking for consistency. The, the woman was looking for security. Each party had selfish ambition. And then we come together and then we get married. So we all come with that assumption. And then we expect things to fall into place. Do you know that that's your lovely daughter that you have trained for 25 years is going to start all over again. And unlearn all the things you have taught her. But we just assume that it will fall into place. And then we begin to have imaginary teachers telling us how to live our lives. For your marriage to be successful, it has to be deliberate. And I said, being married does not guarantee fellowship or communication. So I'm married to you. That doesn't mean we're going to be friends. I'm married to you. That doesn't mean we're going to be close. I said, in fact, being married actually exposes how much a husband and a wife does not know each other. That's when you realize, does he snore? Eh. In fact, he wears the same boxer three times. But when he was courting, you only smell the perfume. You don't see the boxers. He doesn't lay his bed. That's when you begin to discover all the things. All the opposites that attract will now start what? Attacking. But I'm going to remind us, the first edition of the couple's breakfast, I talked about the difference between a man and a woman. About 14 differences. I will refer to a few, maybe five or six now, because it's going to help you in, my, in the understanding of what I'm going to be sharing. I said, a man is a logical thinker. A woman is an emotional filler. A man reasons in boxes, logically. One, two. That is going to attack the marriage. When the man was going to marry you, he was calculated logically. He borrowed to buy the flower. He borrowed to take you out. In fact, that suit, they said, wow, fine boy, no pimples. He actually borrowed it. Everything was logically calculated to do what? To hit the target. You were the object of attraction. You are the one he was doing everything to get. And he was pumping it into your emotional bank tank. And what were you doing? Receiving it. Immediately he got married to you. He said, mission accomplished. And then the next thing is, how do I feed her, clothe her, and make her happy? But the problem there was the woman was used to receiving those attention. That's why you think women always ask for money. Because you made us feel that you had money. You did not tell us that you borrowed. Can I hear amen? If you told us, paraventure we would have understood that that suit was for Brother Gide. And that cologne, 
You actually just quickly spread it. That's not your regular smell. So, emotion is now fighting logic. But that's who the man is. And that's who the woman is. I'm just saying, I want to remind you. Reminder, reminder, you know. We're going to course two. So, we want to just do um, selective replay of course one. I say, a woman's language spoken is an expression of what she's feeling. For a man, language is an expression of what he's thinking. A woman often says, I will divorce you and I will leave you. But nine out of ten times, do we mean it? When a woman tells you I will divorce you, you know what the man interprets it as? Oh, you really want to divorce? Okay. But when a woman says I will divorce you, what she's saying is, I'm not happy with you. Do something to change the situation. Is that what we're saying? How many, how many men here, your wives are threatening you that they will go? All the men. <laughs> you know what they're saying? What they're saying is, something is wrong in this equation. Work on it. But you take it. So when we say, I want to leave you, what I'm saying is, I'm not feeling your love. At that point, a woman expects you to say, ah. You can't leave me, but a, woman, a man doesn't talk that way. <laughs> because a man is a logical thinker. You want to leave me? I'm slaving for you. I'm doing everything in my capacity to make you happy. You want to leave? If you want to leave, then go ahead and leave. What is, what is attacking? Opposites. I needed to remind you of this so you can understand again. So men, when a wife says, I want to leave you, hold her. And say, you will never leave me, nor forsake me. If you dare do that, you will have free sex for one week. <laughs> Uninterrupted, I can assure you. I'm telling you, because a woman is what? An emotional filler. Even in her menstruation, she will say, come. I say, I want to leave you. And you kneel down and hold my legs. Please, my darling, don't go. The woman will look back. <laughs> you mean I shouldn't go? <laughs> I should stay? But when a woman says, I want to live with the man, says, mm. Mm. Okay. Then the man goes in his shell. And then the process of divorce starts. Those people that divorced yesterday, they were best friends five years ago. At that point, when he said, I do, that was the best thing that happened to that person. So what happened? The differences between a man and a woman. The language of a woman is an emotion. The language of a man comes from his mind. So when a man now says, leave if you want to leave, the woman takes it as that is the end. Because for a man to say it, it means final. So men, please don't answer us when we say that. And I said that makes a woman to take everything personally. And a man takes everything impersonally. If you kiss your daughter and you don't kiss your wife, your wife takes it personally. Is it true? Talk less of you greet your sister and not your wife. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. 
I'm talking about your daughter that came from the womb of your wife. If you hug her too much, because a woman personalizes everything. My own, my space, you know, my love, my territory, and nothing should go wrong. I remind you another one. Remember when I said a man is a filing cabinet? And a woman is like a computer. You know, a filing cabinet has different segments. And you have to close one to open another. But for a computer on your desktop, the icons can show about 20 things. In fact, you can click on four and hibernate. So that one clicks down, it comes up again. That is a woman. That is why we can change the diaper and cook and put a phone on the head. You know, you put the phone there and you're talking. Ah, and then you're cooking and you're cooking. And then, oh, Junior has done something. You can do it. But for a man, when a man is cooking, what is he doing? Cooking. He goes to the kitchen and everybody in the house is on a standstill because the man is cooking. So my husband says, I will do the cooking. I actually tell him, you know what? <laughs> we are fine. Because the whole kitchen is in a state. Arrange all the things. Then come back and inspect that the things are there. Then takes the apron. At Christmas, they wanted to roast the turkey. And I begged them, please let the caterer make the food that human beings will eat. Then the turkey will know that what is for decoration. Because I know that turkey will never come out alive. And it may take six hours. I'm, I'm sure they read books to do it. They marinate. Two hours. Then they come back. Check it. Then the temperature of the oven. The oven that you used yesterday, what temperature are you checking? Don't you know the temperature? A man bought his wife a car. Because he really loved his wife. And felt, all your mates have new cars and he's going to have to pay for that car for five years. He wanted to express to his wife how much he loved her. So the wife said, oh, thank you, thank you, hugged, kissed. About five days after, the woman went to the man and said, honey, he said, yeah, do you love me? The man said, I just bought you a car. How do you want to ask? If I loved you, I said, okay, okay. So that means you love me, Abby. A month after, they were playing the game. The woman said, darling, do you really love me? I said, ha, okay. I bought you a car. Ha. That's not the end. Two years after, don't forget that each time they deduct that 83000 from the man's salary, he remembers that this was done for love. But for a woman, the I love you on one day expires the following day. It's like manna from heaven. God told them not to store it. What did I say? Don't store it. Because a man is like a camel. He takes it, takes it, takes it. And he can use it for like two, three months. No, no. A woman is like that Psalm 42 verse 1. As the deer panted after the water brook. You know, 
We keep longing for it. We need it desperately. We would die without it. When you tell a man, um, you need to call, you know, so, 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 and so. He says, I've heard. What does the man, man do? He takes it and puts it where? In the filing cabinet. Because there were three things waiting before that one. But you know, a woman can do three things at a time. So the woman doesn't understand why that action was not taken at that point in time. So when you put in the filing cabinet, the woman says, lazy, procrastinate. So, can I have a witness? Tell them about my problems are common. The reason I'm going back to this is because I want you to make sure that you do everything to always laugh and not have tension in the home. These things, you can laugh. In fact, tell him, hey, hey filing cabinet. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. This one, don't put it in the third file. <laughs> Let's fast track it. Reshuffle, reshuffle. And then you play about it. And then you get the thing done. Because it's a natural tendency for a man to just file it up. And then most likely he may forgets. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you, but that's his composition. So when we are, when we are conscious of that, we are just. A lot of these things, we don't find it in any school. Maybe they, you, they taught it in philosophy 104. So we have to go back to it and understand it. That's why you mustn't meet couples breakfast twice a year. Can I amen? amen? I said, men are very stable, but women are ever-changing. My husband said something to me one day. He said, you know why I, I, I don't know how to love you? Because when I say, what do you want? You tell me this today. So I will cram it. So that next time, I will just bring it out. So when he brings it out, I'll just say, what is the meaning of this? What is this? I don't want to say, ah, last year. <laughs> That's what, what you said. I said, last year, yes. Today, No. The makeup of a man, a man is stable, but a woman is forever changing. That's who we are. So, can I give a word of advice? Always find out what we want per day. Remember the manner. You can't use the manner of yesterday for today. It will grow worms. I said, men need to be told again and again. Women never forget. Now, a man forgets. But when a woman tells a man, the man sees it as nagging. So what do we do? Be creative in your retelling. Be creative. Understand that he didn't plan to forget, but it's just his nature to forget. When you put all these things at the back of your mind, it helps you to actually keep loving your spouse whilst you're handling the differences. Amen? Another source of problem in modern marriage is role. Somebody say role. Let me share with you four sources of the conception of role in marriage, in the modern marriage. Tradition. Many of us, all of us actually, we have a bit of tradition inside us. And in the traditional understanding of marriage, the husband is the breadwinner. The wife is the homemaker. The husband rules over everything, including the wife. And the wife manipulatively tags along. 
That's where our fathers and mothers, that's the way they did. They were not friends. It was Lord and subject. But there's another concept of marriage, slightly different. I said, but something about tradition. I said, tradition have a way of outlasting the circumstances that originally brought them into being. Whatever made those rules are long gone. In the olden days, the man is a hunter, the gatherer, the woman is in the house. The, woman goes to, the man goes to kill the hyena and the antelope, the woman makes the gari at home. So it was a symbiotic relationship, it was synergy. But now, the man is in the university, graduated with a third class. The woman, also in the university, graduated with a first class. In fact, got a job ahead of the man. So who is at home and who is... Who is, who is? So tradition, whatever initiated it has changed. But we have not changed. Tell your neighbor, change. Another source of role perception in marriage is parents. Most parents adopt the role identities. Most people adopt the role identities and relational methods they saw modeled by their parents. Do you know that many times what you do are the things you saw your father did? I was in counseling with a lady that said to me, my husband doesn't lock the door. I can't just imagine it. I'm like, lock the door. What do you mean by lock the door? He's a man that locks the door in the house. The man is supposed to be in charge of security. And I wanted to ask, sorry, please, Matthew chapter what, verse what? Because all her life, who did she see locked door? Her father. And then when the father grew old, her brothers. So, subconsciously, model of protection is father, man. Unfortunately, the man sleeps early. So, she will go and wake him up. Pa, pa, pa. Go and lock the door. He's a man that must do what? Lock doors. So what would the woman not do? The man also saw that his own mother was the one that washed the, father, the, the father's boxers. So the man says, are you a good wife, self? Are you a good wife? Did you ever wash my boxers? The wife goes, eh, eh, eh. are your hands paining you? Because what, she's, what the man saw was that his mother Wash the father's clothes. So, our parents are not perfect models. What they did was probably influenced by tradition. And these are little, little cancers destroying our homes. And then resentment comes in. And then bitterness comes in. And the Bible says where there is strife, what happens? There is every evil work. Tell your neighbor, change. Another source of role modeling in marriage is society. This is different from tradition. Society is constantly creating cultures and trends through schools, entertainment industry. How many people remember this song? It's a long time. No romance with the finance. Oh, you are never unbelievers. Oh, it's a long song. Okay, you remember this song? What love's got to do? Got to do with it. 
mentality. So when your husband is in the stage when he's struggling, you're saying to yourself, no romance without finance. That is affecting the culture of your home. And you don't know. A new software is operating. You have deleted that antivirus. <laughs> McAfee is out. It's capacity that is operating now. But you don't know. The society tells you, don't do this. I told you how I cried when we got married because I didn't have a ring. It's a society. When we got married, we were supposed to travel, so I, we planned that. We, so we just used 29 ring from Ted Show. so we planned that when we travel, we will buy the ring. But we ended up not traveling. So a friend of mine saw me at Ted Show. I said, ah, oh, mama, oh, Timari, show me your ring. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought, you know, in the planning, I didn't expect that someone was going to see me and then ask for a ring, you know, and all that. So, and I didn't know that asking for a ring was part of being married. So, I had to, uh, actually, I was washing and I removed it. I, I mean, would I explain that it was 20 now? That in fact, we wanted to, and so we had not bought. It wasn't gold, so I had to remove it. When I got home. When I got home. At this point, we should change the tone of the movie. You know, when you're watching the movie, and you go, dun, 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 and it goes very, very sober. I just stayed at the door, waiting for my husband to come. He wasn't at Ted show. He didn't see the person. It was not his idea that we should not buy a proper ring. It was mine. I said, in fact, my life is spoiled. But right now, I'm a disgrace and a disdain. The ordinary ring. Ordinary ring. A proper man, when he wants to marry, gives his wife what? A ring. I'm sure he's wondering... Where did that come from? Ring. Ordinary ring. That, in fact, if we are not even buying that ring now, since we have not traveled now, it's still going to take another three months. Can't we even go and buy another inferior one? So that in case, ah, I haven't told him what happened. Though. And he was just looking and wondering. But you know, it was still honeymoon stage. So it's still like, our wives have gone mad again. Little, little things. What happened? I failed in the societal expectation and I carried it over straight to my How many people have noticed that if your husband, you know when you first for your husband is with you in the kitchen and you're cooking. But immediately there's a knock, he disappears. Does it happen to you? Because subconsciously you don't actually want to be seen in the kitchen. You know, that they won't think that your wife is the one controlling you. And I wonder whether you were drinking Gary all the days you were single. Were you not cooking? But subconsciously, because the society just doesn't embrace it. So in a subtle way, we try to erode it. There's one last one that influences the culture, the role in the house. The church. I didn't say the Bible. The church. The church tells us the place of a woman is where? In the home. The church tells us the husband is the priest of the home. Is that true? 
It's true. The husband is the priest of the home. Is that true? According to Revelation chapter 1, it says, I will make you a kingdom and a priest, both male and female. So how can, how can the husband be the priest of the home? That was a message preached for so long so that fathers, women in the spirit subjected their fathency and abdicated spirituality to their husbands. To their backsliding husbands. <laughs> the Bible says you walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. Everyone And don't forget that a lot of the things we do as women are emotional. A woman should not leave the priesthood to the man. Tell your neighbor, I'm a priest. You are. He is. Every one of us is. The husband is not a priest. The husband is the head of the wife, not the priest of the home. And I want to say this to women as an aside. The kind of husband you marry determines the way you relate with the, with the, with the, with the man. It's not a one-size-fits-all. I tell women this. If you are married to Joseph, like Mary, the wife of Joseph, the mother of Jesus, then you can easily leave the revelation to the man. Because all through the Bible, we saw that the angels spoke to Mary how many times? Once. Once. He spoke to Mary once. You be pregnant and you will give birth. That was all. From that time on, a man that the Lord can speak to, to accept a woman that you did not sleep with that is pregnant, that's a man of God. Let your husband and the, the spirit stood. Don't give it to him. You didn't get that. I'm talking about spirituality now. Let your husband do what? Earn it. How many times has he told you just said the Lord and you met it that way? How many times has he said the Lord spoke to me last night? Two visitors will come and you met it that way. That way you can say, I think I'm safe with this one. God spoke to Joseph. Go and take that woman. He took her. God spoke to Joseph. Joseph did not sleep with her until she gave birth. God spoke to Joseph. Herod is coming to kill, to kill the baby. He protected the baby. He has earned it. So all through, from after the pregnancy, God did not speak to Mary. He spoke to who? Joseph. So if your husband is not Joseph, why are you relating with him as Joseph? Thieves will come to your house. Because when God could have spoken to you, you were waiting for the priest to hear. Your backsliding priest. What about if your husband is neighbor? Who would not hear God? Or know when the Holy Ghost is speaking. They would have destroyed you and the whole clan. But for a wife like Abigail that went behind. Tell your neighbor, relate with your husband. According to his level of spirituality. What about if your husband is king at Essex? Esther had to pray and fast for three days. Did you see any record that king fasted? Who is, now, who is the priest in that house? Esther or? Hanaya, amen. I know you don't like me now. Because women would like to push all the things to the man. He says he's making you a kingdom 
and a priest. Each of you. So that's the error the church brought in. The man is not the priest of the home. He's the head of the home. I will tell you the difference between the priest and the head. Another thing they brought in the church. They said the man is the head. The woman is the neck. That is endorsing manipulation. The woman is not the neck. In the concept of headship that God is talking about, he compared that head to Christ. Does the church manipulate Christ? When you pray, you don't touch Christ because he akins only to the word of his command. Ah, God, where is your face? Where is your face? It doesn't work that way. It says, command me concerning my will. If you do his will, your, his will, he will follow and do whatever he has to do. So please, even though it has come from the church, and they said it on the day you were getting married, it doesn't make it right. Go and check the Bible, what the word says. So each person should fight for their salvation. Each person should defend their territory. Each person should defend their turf. What about a man like Boaz? What about Mr. and Mrs. Abraham? All the Iraq and Iran bombing that we are in today. Is not Mrs. Abraham that caused it? Is she not the one that made us give back to Ishmael? Tell your neighbor I'm a priest. Hallelujah. I haven't started preaching, you know. I'm just, I'm laying some foundations. To make us understand what we are coming from, what we are doing wrong. And how these things influence our thought pattern. And they shouldn't be. I want us to go to the original, you know, if, if you want to use this monitor. I'm not a very um, sound technical person. But if I have to use it, and there's no one, what do I do? I open the box and get the manual. Every time you're confused about your marriage, what do you do? Go to the manual. Don't ask your friend. Don't do 50-50. Don't call the audience. <laughs> Go to who? The manual, the manufacturer. Talk with me to our constitution. The manual. In Ephesians subsection 5, I mean, section 5, subsection 21. Ephesians chapter 5. And in verse 21. This is not a um, popular kind of message. It can only be talked about in a serious meeting like this. But at the end of this meeting, you will all go home a different person. You will go as a priest that you are. You will see that the future of that marriage depends on you. And God will begin to speak to you. If we have time, I would anoint your ears with oil. So that when you go home, you can hear. Because God wants to depend on you to protect the generation that he has given to you. Not just the man. Not just the man. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 and in verse 21. If you're there, say amen. amen. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Do you have that in your Bible? Somebody say submit to one another. Now, if your wife is beside you or your husband... Look at him and say, submit to me. And the husband said to the wife, submit to me. Wife said to the husband. You see, if we read the Bible this way, 
It makes it easy. Because one of the problems you also have is a problem of submission. The man says, he's not submitting. He's not submitting. He's not submitting. Well, as they say, submit yourself one to another. Hey, the woman, hey, she's not submissive. I wanted to ask, are you? Wives. Now, the submit yourself one to another has nothing to do exclusively with marriage. Now, he's talking specifically about marriage. He said, wives. Submit yourself to your own husband as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife. Somebody say, my husband is my head. As Christ is the head of the church. I think that's a very great task. Did you see any neck in between? So whatever they told you, the husband is the head. And the woman is the neck controlling it. It's another way of saying the women are manipulators. Deceitful people. They are daughters of Eve. That's not me. As wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, for which he is the savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, how is a woman supposed to submit to her husband? As the church submits to Christ. Who is the church? You. You. Now, men, I want to give you a picture. How does your wife submit to God? Do you know that a woman that submits to God and loves God will submit to you? If you see your wife not submitting to you, go and check how she relates with God. So, how can you plant banana and expect to reap mango? A lion cannot give that to a goat. Somebody said you cannot sleep on Delilah's lap and expect to wake up in Abraham's bosom. The woman that you married, you met her in the club. And then overnight, you expect her to start doing what? Submit. How can she? Where did she go? The only thing she can do is take tradition, society, parents, put it together and act. Because submission is the fruit of the spirit. I'm not finished yet. How are we supposed to submit, wives? As Christ. As we submit to Christ. She doesn't pray. She doesn't fast. She doesn't hear from God. So what does she have to give? She doesn't have it. So the next thing is we just bring tradition. Pam. So everybody starts looking for what is convenient. If you do this, I will do that. If you don't do this, you don't deserve this. So also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Everything. Now, husbands, all the men look at me. <clears throat> I know you like the first part. Because submission is a problem for men. Submit, 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 submit. But that instruction was not given to men. Who was it given to? To the woman, straight. And I'll tell you why later on. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave herself up for her to make her holy. Husband, do what to your wife. Love her. How? 
Christ loved the church. Jesus came and was performing miracle signs and wonders. And many men do so. They perform miracle signs and wonders. They come home one day with a new car. They come another day, you know, and all that, and buy some things into the house. That is, to me, is what miracles, signs, and wonders. But when Jesus recognized that that was not the purpose for his coming, he went and he prayed and said, God, if it is possible, let me continue with these crusades and evangelism. I will be greater than Billy Graham and Rob or, or a robot. Crusades all over the place. Since souls are being saved, Jesus coming. God, can't you see? But God said no. Then Jesus quickly said, not my will, but yours, Lord. Miracles are good. Signs are good. Wonders are very good. But that is not the purpose. Love your wife and give yourself to her. Men, you give us everything but yourself. If Jesus had done everything but had not died on the cross, he had missed it. True submission is recognizing the exact will of God per time. True love. It was not easy for Jesus to die. It wasn't palatable for him to die. And a shameful death at that. In between two thieves. It was not easy. Hallelujah. He said, love gave himself up for her to make her holy. And I will explain what it means to make her holy. Two individuals, two human beings with the same capacity. Somebody needs to give something differently for them to be able to work together. Let me, I, I, there's something I said. I said, I don't qualify to say this because I'm a woman and you will never believe it. So I got a book written by a man. And I said I was going to read it out. He said, in the beginning, God created male and female in his own image and gave them dominion over the earth to rule it together. Somebody said together. God never made the man superior to the woman. Don't be deceived. Tradition may tell you that the man is above. The man is not above. According to the word of God, the man is not above. But if I say it, that's, I'll quote the book for you, the author, and then you go and check it out with the scriptures. That's Genesis 1.26. The first human couple enjoyed a marriage in which they were equal partners. Sharing equal rights. Equal responsibilities. Preachers will preach and tell you that uh, God spoke to the man. He did not speak to the woman. No. In the image of God. God said let us therefore make man in our own image after our likeness. And let them have dominion. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Do you have that in your Bible? That means at the point of creation, God made both who? Male and female. And in Genesis 1.28, he blessed them. Do you see them in your Bible? Is them plural? Oh, it's plural. So that means God spoke to both the male and the female. Because God is a spirit. And they that will worship him, worship him how? In spirit and in truth. He spoke to both of them. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Have dominion. He spoke to both of them. Don't take that theology that, okay, the instruction was given to the, to the man. So maybe the woman did hear very well. That is how she went and, uh, and, uh, and got deceived. No, 
Both of them knew. Because God spoke to them together at the same time. God created both male and female. But God made the woman. He made the woman out of the man. For the purpose of team playing. So when the woman refused to be the priest that she's supposed to be, the man also joined her and refused to be the priest. That's how we lost it. So God spoke to male and female. But they did not obey. I said they were sharing equal rights, equal responsibilities. They walked in open and continual fellowship with each other and with God. The day came, Adam and Eve chose to disobey God. Immediately their circumstances changed. Their sin broke their fellowship with God and caused their equal partnership marriage to degenerate into a shadow of its former self. With the woman subjugated to her husband, this corrupted male-dominated marriage became the normal pattern for male and female relationship in a sin-tainted world. It was never the will of God. This is by Miles Moro. He has a good marriage. He loves his wife. I've sat with him one-on-one three times on the same table, at together. So I see the way he treats his wife. I've been to the Bahamas with him five days. So I'm not talking about someone I do not know. But I said, if I say this, the man will say, oh, what would you, what do you, is, is women liberation. This is written by who? A man. It was not the will of God for anyone to be under anyone. The command to be fruitful, to rule over was given to both male and female. Hallelujah. I said from the start, God had a plan to restore mankind to fellowship with himself. He sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. Thereby breaking the power of sin and destroying his effect. Part of God's plan was to restore the institution of marriage to his original pristine condition. And one of the purposes of the couple's breakfast is to give you an eye opener. To begin to say, whatever marriage is must be different from what I saw in my parents, what I see in the society, what I see everywhere. Most of the pressure that causes us, you see, when your husband is going through a hard time, your wife will call you, don't suffer with a man, no. And so that begins to be the software running your brain. And then you begin to hide things. And then you begin to change things. And at the end of the day, the marriage breaks. The source is tradition. The source is society. It's never God. There is no marriage that cannot be mended. If both of us face the spirit. Someone say, oh, adultery. Adultery is a legal ground for divorce. But it's not a ground for a marriage not to be mended. You can forgive. Tell your neighbor you can forgive. And you can move on. That woman caught in the act of adultery left and never did it again. It is possible. Hallelujah. That's just a by the wayside. Because I want you to understand the manual for marriage is what we are reading now. What did he say we should do? I'm still back to Ephesians chapter 5. To make her holy. Cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. Husband, Cleanse your wife with the washing, with the water, through the word. Because you are supposed to be like Christ. So when you're, Because God knows a woman is a babbling brook. 
She says, I want a divorce when she doesn't mean it. So what do you do? You say, the word of God says, God hates divorce. I will not divorce you. Cleanse her with what? The washing of the water by the word. And to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Hey, husband, you are not a priest of the home. You are the pastor of your wife. That is the one man church member that you have. That is the only person God expects you to bring to heaven without spot and without wrinkle. I think that assignment is so great that we will do anything to be able to receive well done, good and faithful servants. How can you take the wife that abused you all night to heaven? Don't forget that when you go to work, you are wearing your three-piece suit and you are smelling good. The secretary says, yes, sir. The mega says, yes, sir. And when you come with mama, say, oh, you think you're a man? And that is the man, woman God says you should take. If only men understand the enormity of their work, they will never ask a woman to submit again. Because they will spend all their life trying to, to finish their assignments. They won't have time for a woman. After all, and let me, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever ate at their own body, but they feed and care for their body. Can you say because this hand is paining you, you cut it off? Say, so for this reason, a man will leave tradition. Somebody say tradition. For this reason, a man will leave society. For this reason, a man will leave parents. For this reason, a man will leave mindsets. I told you the last time I said this same scripture. For this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother and his wife. It's quoted in Genesis 2, I think verse 24. That at that time, there were only two human beings on earth. There were no fathers or mothers. So why would God say, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother? Because every home is supposed to be unique. And the culture of every home should be formed by just those two parties. Not that is the way we used to do it. That is the way we used to do it. It's a cancer. Amen. And the two will become one flesh. This is profound mystery. But I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself. And wives must respect their husband. I said there are three key words in this manual. If I were you, next couple's breakfast, we'll do something like a sticker. And we'll have submission, respect, and love. These three things are the things that would work for or against your intimacy in marriage. Submission, respect, and love. And two are common. So man is asked to submit and love. A woman is asked to what? Submit and respect. How many men are here? See, according to Ephesians, I'm commanded to submit and love. How many women are here? Say, according to Ephesians, I'm commanded to submit and respect. Now, why is the word submission common to both? 
It's common because submission is not, it's not a positional thing. Exactly. It's not a role thing. It's a positional thing. It means, Ratomide, please come. Let me, let's quickly do this. When God made man and woman, stay in this star. Are we on the same level? Are we on the same level? That's the way God made man and woman together. The same level, the same position. Now, God now made one car. That car is called family. Somebody say family. Now, every car that you see, how many steering do they have? How many steering? Okay. For the car of family to move from step one to two, somebody has to drive. Is that so? Now, start driving. This is the driver. That, tell your neighbor that's the driver. Now, we're still in the same car, but I'm no longer on the driver's seat. Does that make him better than me? Superior to me? More intelligent? In fact, I may not even know the road. That's the truth. Have you ever gone on a journey where your husband doesn't know the road? And then you tell him, turn right, turn left. So when you're telling him to turn right, are you controlling him? No, 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 wait. We are in the car of marriage. Where are we? Car of marriage. He doesn't know the road. So turn right. Stop. You have missed the road. (laughs) We need to understand that this submission is, in fact, sometimes is a driver. I'm a driver. But if both of us handle that steering at the same time, that marriage is ending for divorce. So what God is saying is, as the need requires, submit. Sometimes the husband will drive. The woman will be the navigator. Some other times, the man and the wife will drive. You're not getting it. That's why submission is common to the two of them. In tradition, submission is only for the wife. In the word of God, submission is for what? Both. Whatever your husband knows to do best, put all the family resources behind him, let him do it. He may be making money, let him make it. Let the whole family pray for him. Let him bring the money. He may be praying and taking care of the spiritual atmosphere. Let everybody support him. Let him do it. The woman may just be good at baking good cake. Everybody should support her to do what? Bake it. No role is superior. A man comes and says, I bring all the money so everybody should be Lord. No. No. Can your money turn to food? Can your money turn to good um, um, education for the children? Somebody still has to manipulate and make that work. So submission is in the car. And whoever knows the road at that point in time should be the one to what? Drive. Thank you, sir. (laughs) Because that's one of the major problems we have. Husband say, she's not submissive. I say, what do you mean by it's not submissive? Submission does not mean 
doesn't, doesn't have to. Let me, let me, let me, I said Paul is referring to love in which the husband should serve his wife as Christ served the church. This sacrificial love in itself is submission. God does not have a reason to love us. So your husband is not supposed to love you because you cook. He's not supposed to love you because you give him sex. He's supposed to love you because it's a command. Love is not a feeling, it's a decision. I've been commanded to love. I do not have any choice but to do what? Love. It's a decision. And I say because we, we, say we have bastardized the meaning of love. I love my dog. I love my furniture. I love this Bible. In fact, when I see Bratom, they I love you. That's not the love that God is talking about here. In the Greek, there are four renditions of love. There is a filio, which is the love of friendship. Just like, you know, you and your best friend in school. But do you know that when your best friend really does something that offends your principle, what do you do? You step aside. And then you stop being friends. And sometimes you even delete their phone. Because they say, mm -mm -mm -mm, just stay there. What about storage? That's another form of love. That's the love of family. That's the love that parents have for their children. And I say this to people very selfishly. Do you know why we love our children? When we consider how many pampas we bought, how many school fees, how many times we stayed in the hospital. Do you have a choice but to love? Just like you love your car too. If you consider that that 8.8 .8 million car you paid for three years, you will love that car. And then insurance is taking 440000 every year for three years and nothing happened to the car. You add it to the cost of the car, you will love that car. Do you know that there are some members of your family that you really don't, you hate? But you don't have a choice because they're your brother. That's touch. It's like, it's conditional. Just like friendship. Oh, this man likes my principles and my philosophy. It's conditional, so you're my friend. Oh, this one is born by my mother. You don't like his principles, she's wayward, but you don't have a choice because it's what? Your family. There's another love, the eros. That one is total chemistry. Somebody say chemistry. Eros love is about attractions, physical, you know. You see a woman and everything changes. We think, so a man says, oh, we don't have good sex. That is why um, marriage is not working. You don't need marriage to have sex. T society has totally broken it down. I was watching a 1955 movie. And I saw a man that was trying to propose to a woman and then they started going out and they didn't sleep together. I say, rule. So in the Western world, in those days, there was still, you know, morals that they could still keep themselves. The same movie now, watch DSTV for a 2005 movie. They will meet at the party today. And that same night, they will sleep together. I say, so mean the same Western world, 50 years ago, they upheld that you must not sleep with someone before you got married. Now, they're like, no, just use condom. Just, you know, protect yourself. And they started teaching that in schools. So when you see someone and your chemistry changes, that is not love. It's just physical attraction. But the love that God is referring to here is the Greek word agapao, which we say in English, agape. I said the first three kind of loves carry obligations. They hold expectation and lay down conditions. That is why a prostitute will sleep with someone just to get money. Two rounds. 
5,000. A master will sleep with the house help so that the house help can have unhindered access. A boss will sleep with secretary so I can get promotion. It has conditions. And that is why you will notice that a prostitute is always gaily dressed. Do you notice? Makeup, short skirt, because it's all about chemistry. But the love that God is talking about, I said agape is the unconditional love. It holds no expectation. It makes no demand. The death of Jesus on the cross was his responding to humanity's need for forgiveness. He gave his life. No expectation. He didn't know if anybody was going to be saved by so doing. But he gave a precondition that could make people to be saved. The only expectation that was set before him, the Bible says in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him. And what was the joy? The joy of the crown of glory. The joy of pleasing the father. Not that he didn't say that because you are going to be saved. He wasn't sure. He just did it. That is the love that God is expecting from the man. Men, if you have not given this love, please don't ask for submission again. Can I hear amen? amen? And now let me shock you. There is no man that will give this kind of love that the wife would not submit to. There is no man that will give this kind of love that is being described. A man will say to me, I'm not Christ. I understand. But I'm trying to say that the demand on you is higher. You need grace. You need God. Amen. I said, agape has no reason. Love that looks for reason is love with preconditions attached. And when condition is attached, condition gives rise to expectation. I love you if you do this. And then expectation leads to disappointment. Because most of the time, I'm not able to do it. Then disappointment leads to argument. So you are supposed to do this, you fail to do it, then there's an argument. And argument strains relationship. And when there's a strained relationship, fellowship is endangered. So there's broken down intimacy. The major problem we have in our homes is the lack of love. Somebody say love. <laughs> it's not the love of, I love my wife. No. Most men say it because they want sex. When your wife sends you, a, when your husband sends you a text in the afternoon, you start suspicious. That's not the love we're talking about. The love that seeks the good of that person. The love that watches over that person until the person becomes who he's supposed to be. Most of us are not even properly sound Christian. I call it bonguruguru. He said, born again. I said, born wuru wuru. Especially Lagos Christians. Born pancake. We are not soundly saved. So we don't understand that love. But the Lord said to me today. That my love will be shed abroad in the heart of the people. I just want you to lift your hand where you are. Just sing this song with me. I love you Lord. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice, and I lift my voice. I want to worship you, Jesus, to worship you.
today. That is why there is decadence in our society because we are all selfish. In the marriage for what we can gain. Do you know that your husband can come and say you know, I want to go abroad for a master's degree. We have only two incomes and you say, don't worry. My income can take care of it. And the husband goes. And the wife is alone for one year. And the husband comes back. I remember those days in the time of our fathers. Those men would go abroad with their wives. The wives would work, work in winter. And then when the man comes back, he will now discover that the woman is an illiterate. And will now go and marry his secretary. Tell your neighbor love. It has no condition. No expectation. So there's no disappointment. There's no argument. There's no strain. I say, marriage should be a relationship based on responding to needs rather than adhering to rigid preconceptions. In your home, if it's the husband that washed the clothes, so be it. Let every man that comes out of the marriage, couple's breakfast, 
understand that your home is unique and what you do there is exclusive to you. I told you about a man and a woman that came from, from the U.S. And then subconsciously, the man didn't remember. <laughs> Maybe if he did, he wouldn't have done it. The son uh, messed himself, so he just took the diaper, took the baby wipe, and clean. Then the mother in law came and said, Show, 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 show. Hey! 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 Ah, and they were wondering, What happened? Mama, what happened? Say, Hey! 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 You are a witch! Is this what you have turned my son to? A man! Is that hailing the man? Is the son of the Igwe? Cleaning the day! Do you know that that woman didn't go back with that man to the US? I'm talking about true life story. My husband is a witness. True life story. Say, sure, sure, sure. Hey, 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 hey. Where they came from? Somebody is cleaning the, the, the no house help, nobody. The aged mother came from the village and has never seen a, a man changing diaper. He said, hey, the woman is a witch. She did not go back with her husband to the US. And the husband could not defend her. Today, she's a psychiatric patient. They took the boy from her. They took the baby from her. Took her husband from her. Somebody say love. There's no precondition. There's no role. Everybody does what they are best at. I went for an 80th birthday. And then they were given, you know, speeches about the man. And one of the children said, what I remember about my father was that he used to back us. Where is it written that only a woman can back? What scripture? 80 year old that the man used to back us. Do what is convenient for the good of the home. Marriage is above both you and your wife. Do everything to protect it. Hallelujah. I said, let's bring intimacy back to our home. One of the ways to define intimacy is the willingness and trust to make oneself completely open and vulnerable to another. The willingness and the trust to make oneself completely open and vulnerable to another. There are five levels of communication. There is a casual conversation. Many homes have degenerated to casual conversation. Hello, Tunde. What are you eating? Anything. We don't have anything. Okay, rice. Have you had that kind of conversation before? Casual. Um, school fees is due. How much? 250,000. I'll send the draft. Thank you. Co-tenants with common responsibilities. God can use that home. Many of us are not divorced, we are not separated, but actually we are. We're just still sharing the same address. But that is going to change today. I say it will change today. In the name of Jesus, it will change today. 
Many men are wounded because men have very bad mouths. Very bad mouths. I repent on behalf of all the women. Those things we said, we don't mean it. Our language comes from our emotion, not from our reasoning. Please forgive us. Will the men forgive us? Please forgive us. Those things we said, we just want you to understand that we want more attention. That's why we said it. You are not actually stupid. You are not as lazy as we made you to appear. You understand? You are not wicked. But we just want you to know that we want a little more attention. That's why we did all that. Can I hear amen? I said casual conversation. Then reporting the facts like a journalist. That's another level. Have you done that before? Your husband comes home and you reel from morning to night what has happened. Reporting the facts. That's for your information. No? In case you have a mindset that people in the house are not doing anything. And that's why when you give us, when you drop that little change, you just be open your mouth like anyhow. This is what we have done all day. Nepa came, they wanted to cut light, I had to quickly go and I have to do that. When I finished that, then the diesel finished in the generator, I had to get that. Then the driver came and said something was wrong with the propeller of the car, I had to fix that. And then the two ourselves were fighting and they almost broke their heads, I had to take one to the hospital. You read it. Someone is saying journalist. That's another level. If you are in that kind of relationship, that marriage is broken. But we are, we are mending it today. The third level of conversation is expressing our ideas. Opinions or decisions with a specific intention of being heard. That one is when you come and say, this is the way we do it. And henceforth in this house, you share your side, I share my side, this is it. So the man knows this is the way he does it, and the one knows this is the way she does it. So when the house elves are coming, when they are going to daddy, they know how to do it. When they are going to mommy, they know how to do it. There's no common culture, there's no common goal. Everybody, you have now matured. You know, when you first of all married, you still be searching, searching, checking out. Then when you see that, Connie Bojo, then just move on to the next level. Journalist. Then the next one, I say, hmm, clear boundaries. This is what I want. I was sharing with someone, I said, you know why many 30-year-old marriages are breaking? Because they should have broken at five years. But they endured because they had children quickly. So they waited until all the children were out. But all through that period, the marriage was cracking. The third form, the third level of communication is sharing our emotions. You must, in your marriage, move from casual to reportorial. You understand? To giving your ideas to when you begin to share your emotions. That is when intimacy begins. Most of us are not intimate yet. When your wife wants to do intimate talk, she calls her best friend. She calls her mother. She calls her sister. But when we get to a point where your wife can say to you, do you know that I was actually having sexual orgies last night? I dreamt that I was sleeping with another man. Not This is not a, a, a husband, wife. I just felt that you are not actually, that your actions, you are too missionary-like. You know, can't we have some fun? When your wife can talk to you like that, we are getting there. When your husband can be naked before you and not ashamed. I'm not talking about physical nakedness. Did you know I just feel, I don't know. I feel like I won't make it. Because sometimes those thoughts cross our mind. If you can't say it to your wife, you can't say it to your husband, then who can you say it to? If not, we're just common sex partners. If we don't move up to that level. 
and say, ah, I'm afraid. So what are, your, what are you afraid of? What's your greatest fear? That is when we begin to walk in that reality of the covenant. And the last stage of communication is absolute openness and honesty. Where you can open up and be vulnerable. And you are sure you will not be misunderstood. I'm not there yet. I'm still struggling to be in stage four. But the marriage that will bring glory to God is that marriage that has moved from casual conversation to absolute openness and honesty. That's why he said they were naked and they were not ashamed. So how do you build intimacy? How do you move from stage one to stage five? I said number one, spouses, stop criticizing your spouse. Husband, wife, stop criticizing your spouse. I went to a home and the husband said to the wife, can't you see visitors are here? I said, are you talking to your house self? I don't care if she doesn't bring a dime to the house. If you talk to any human being like that, even to your mega, he will hate you. But because you are paying his salary, he will not talk. How much more? A woman that God made in your equal. Even if the tumblers are not right, can't you go and wash them and present them properly to the house uh, to the visitor? And when the visitors go, ha, ah, darling, those tumblers weren't clean. She may answer you and say, eh, "Are your hands burning you? Why don't you wash them?" But you have done the right thing. Don't criticize. Rebuke. Tell neighbor rebuke. But don't criticize. What's the difference between the two? Rebuke comes with, a, with, with love. You want the person to see what is going on wrong. With the hope that there will be a change. Criticize is you want to condemn. And say, can't you see stupid fool? Is this what your mates are doing? That's criticism. That is one sure recipe to, to, to destroy your intimacy. Don't criticize. Tell your neighbor rebuke. Number two. I'm talking about building intimacy. Don't get too familiar. Why? Familiarity brings ignorance. Ignorance brings assumption. Assumption brings presumption. One of the major cancer, all of us here are guilty, including yours truly. We get too familiar. I know you, I know, I know her now. So I know what she will do. So when you get too familiar, you ignore. Because you think you can easily predict. But if you know that consciously, the needs of my spouse changes, you'll be alert, looking for every opportunity to fill in. I told you, I told them in church, I was preaching about Nehushtan. There was a time that God said, that the, the people of Israel, they were beaten by snakes. And the Lord said to them, look up. When Moses prayed for them. And everyone that looked up, because there was a brazen snake put on the stick. Everyone that looked up was healed. But you know that after the snake episode, people were still looking up. 
And they began to worship the snake bronze. And it became a curse. When you get familiar, you ignore. When you ignore, you assume. Assumption is the lowest form of knowledge. And then you act presumptuously. So many of us are offending our spouses that we do not know. Because we have gotten too familiar. Is your spouse with you? Hold her. I say, I want to know you deeper. I will seek to know you. Hmm? I'll forever be chasing after you. I'll be chasing after you. That's a song we should sing at home. I'll forever be chasing after you. I'll be chasing after you. We're going to dance before we leave today. You know what they call blues? Two hearts. Two hearts that be as one. Our love has just begun. My first love. Why is everybody looking at me like a non-believer? You are the only thing, the only thing that's right. Listen, listen, let me tell you this. There's too much pressure in the world. Too much challenge. Too much pain. If Lasma doesn't catch you, FRS will catch you, police will catch you, landlord will arrest you, school fees will arrest you, Okada will hit your car. Hey! You need someone to just, you know, recklessly abandon. Hallelujah. I'll just quickly round up, but I want you to know. We need to boost our marriage. We need to lubricate it. We need to oil it. We need to know that if we leave it, it will collapse. The devil wants it to break. It's not your mother-in-law, it's the devil. But you also know that when our spouse offends you, we don't fight them, we fight the people around them. You don't understand. If my husband does something wrong, I shout on the outside. He's the one, no? Why is this table like this? Hey, John, John. Is it John that made the table like that? Who did? Your husband. And then why the, the, the man comes? They're just so dirty in this house. Who is dirty? Hallelujah. I said number two, don't get too familiar. Number three, express honest appreciation. Please, don't be tired of saying thank you. If you work and your wife is at home and she serves you food, before you eat it, stand up and say thank you. Hug her and say what? Thank you. Because next time, if she really, really gets mad with you, she will poison that food. If you are the one that pays 
the, 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 the ashram, pays the school fees, okay? Let the wife also say, I appreciate your efforts. May the Lord increase you. May the Lord honor you. Keep saying what? Thank you. There are some husbands. It's the wife that has more money. Wives, husbands, say thank you. Tell neighbor, say thank you. Say thank you. Because sometimes the man doesn't make as much money. Don't take it for granted. Say, honey, thank you. I love you. Hallelujah. Number four, consciously express your love. Don't be like that man that said, I bought you a car now. I told you your love is like manna. It expires the following day. David, take a picture. You take everybody's picture. Take a picture. Let her wake up in the morning one day. Take a picture. Then when she has her bath and makeup, take a picture. In the evening, take a picture and begin to hail her. Oh, Omo, you are too fine. Oh, Omo, you are too fine. Oh. I mean, just hail. Just hail. Hail. When I'm in the mood, when my husband was like, talking about me, silly, Just hell. Because the world there wants to devour. And so, your love feels like the home is a safe heaven. And wants to come back. In that one bedroom, he wants to come back. With those no shoes, no clothes, he wants to come back. Together, you can run through a troop, you can leap over a wall. Together, you can conquer. If nobody comes in between you, you will make it. It does not matter what you are going through today. The devil you saw yesterday, you will see again no more forever. The Bible says if two shall walk together, as God done their thing, if they shall agree together, say he will hear from heaven and he will do it. The devil doesn't want you to be together. So you have to consciously, you have to labor, you have to fight against all odds. It's not your mother-in-law, it's the two of you. So when I don't feel appreciated, when I feel less than a human being, I resent you, but I will not tell you. Because you are the one paying the bills. And he who pays the piper, dictates the tune. But when I find out how I can deal with you, I'll catch you. So many women are speaking in tongues and in their hearts they are planning for their husband. If those husbands are here today, those women have had, they will, they will free you. And you don't want to get to the rot of a woman. Don't let a woman be against you. Always have a woman on your side. That's a warning for men. Do you understand? Have them where? On your side. If you have a woman against you, I don't know how you're going to do it. I said, number five, one of the ways to stimulate romance is to commit to growing as an individual. I will explain what that means. It does not matter that your husband has primary six when you got married. Or that your wife is just a hairdresser. But the world is changing. And everybody is advancing. If your husband is not advancing... And you go to an office where everybody around you is advancing. You will, be, you will despise your husband. If 
your wife is not advancing, she wakes up tired up. You came back to the office tired up. He can't speak good English. She can't even check the children's homework. Nothing good can come out of her. You would despise her. It's a natural thing. Individually, commit yourself to personal growth. When my husband talks IT and all that, I always love it. I've never told him that. It makes me feel like I'm married to a man that is very contemporary. When they do all the Twitter and the blog, I don't know jack about it. Me too, I'll be forming a siva. Yeah, blog, yeah, Twitter, yeah, Facebook. Yeah. All the people that, in case you sent to me to accept you on Facebook, I don't accept anybody. The only people that I accepted is the one that accepted them. I don't even know the password to the Facebook. I don't even know who opened it. But at least I'm contemporary. Because I'm on Facebook. Follow, very soon you'll be following me on Twitter. I don't know Jack. But because my husband is into all those things, it makes me proud of him. What are you doing that will make your spouse proud of you? I'm a preaching machine. When I preach, my mother said, oh my God, you're bad. I said, hey. He said, yes. I said, hey. Because there's a baby inside each of us. So what are you doing? So every day I want my preaching to be better than the previous. Not for you. You know why? Some other can say, ah. Personally, commit yourself to growth. Move from that school start. Go and do first degree. Do masters. Or enhance yourself. I'm not saying go to school. Go to school is not it. School, not school. What I'm trying to say is personally do what? Develop yourself. Stop staying. You are not God. It's only God. As it was in the beginning, so is now and never shall be. That's God. You are not God. Move. Move. You are not ancient of days. You should do what? Move. Move. I remember, you know, when they gave you laptop and all that. Remember those, those days? And then he had to work on the computer, edit. I respected him. I always like when I see people do something, you know, enhance themselves. Many of you, the only thing you have to your credit is that you're a man or that you're a woman. That's all. No other thing. Tell your neighbor advance. It will make your spouse to respect you. And it will bring intimacy. Number six, pay little attention. We are all guilty of that. I said, find a way to delight your spouse with random acts of thoughtfulness. Pay little attention. I told my husband yesterday night, you know, I was up all night and I just saw Pam on my iPad. So I felt it was, it was, a, it was a mail from him. So I checked it and I was disappointed. Then that night again, I saw Pam on my phone. And I thought it was a text from him. I said, oh, I didn't think about that because he's a very IT person. So I didn't expect him to love me physically. I expected him to love me IT, technologically. <laughs> ITically. <laughs> so when I woke up this morning, I said, ah, I, I, something came on my iPad. I thought it was you and it wasn't. Another one came on my phone. I thought it was you and it wasn't. Then I said, ha. Ah, I thought I should reserve my love for the physical one. And that you were so busy, you because I'm not the technology one, that I will not be able to check it. 
So this morning, he was making that move and saying, no, I won't tell you the rest of the story. <laughs> Hallelujah! What I'm trying to say is this. Those little things, those text messages. If your husband is, uh, your wife is the one that likes Rose, do Rose. Wives, make the moves to sleep with your husband. It doesn't make you a prostitute. It's love. Somebody say love. How many wives will make that move today? Today. Lift your hands. Wives, today. 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 All of us. All of us. Let's change the roles for once. You know, we are abolishing tradition. If you're a woman, say yes. So, men, we, for today, don't say I love you. We will do it. Is that, is that, do we agree? We're going to do it. And we're going to do it better than they do it. You know when a woman wants to do something? Have you ever seen a woman at work before? Hey, I love women. I say it when I come back. If there's anything like that, I will never be a man. Again, I'll be a woman. Because today, all men just keep quiet. We're giving this to you. From couples breakfast to you, all women, we said today, we're going to deal with you. So, if I were you, do you have more breakfast? Give them. Because we are going to work on you today. All women. Make sex a free talk in your home. Celebrate your sexuality. Let it be. Because you know when a man wants to sleep with the secretary, they can't say anything. Other than, you're fine. I'm fine. Really? Okay. Be, 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 be. That's all. But when, they, when, when you tantalize your spouse all day, the memory lingers for a long time. Even if the man had gone out, he would be thinking of coming back in. That what can I compare this with? Nothing. And finally, to breed intimacy, extend common cutsies. Cutsies, simple. Do you know that when we were cutting, the man opens the door? So why wouldn't you open the door now? Familiarity. There are some things you do for the woman, you know, the woman does for the man, but now we don't do it again. We have to go back to it. And we have to practice it. If we do those things together, I can assure you, intimacy will come into our marriage. Let's lift our hands to God this morning. And commit ourselves to him. As a prerequisite to commit ourselves to our spouse. Father, we thank you. Father, we give you praise. Father, we worship you. Father, we love you. We bless and exalt your holy name because you are God. We thank you. If you are a husband and a wife here today, and you want a boost in your marriage, you've gone through some very rough time, but God brought you here today. Can you stand up? I want to pray for you. It's not a shame. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. That's the reason we put this meeting together. 
I want you to sing with me. It touched me. Like the movement with the issue of blood. Who has been wounded for more than 12 years. This is the year 2012. It's the year when new foundations will be laid in your life. I don't care how long that pain and that problem has been for. A new beginning starts with you this year. It touched me. It touched me. by your spouse and it's been very difficult for you to forgive I believe the Lord by the help of the Holy Spirit brought my sister to let you know that there is no sin that is beyond pardon the Lord says he is the one that forgives iniquity and forgives transgressions and reserves mercy for thousands but if he has forgiven why wouldn't you there are some of you, you feel that your husband or your wife had a deeper alliance with an external person, maybe brother-in-law or sided the family against you. And that's why you feel strained. There are some of you, something just went wrong and the whole thing has decayed. You can't even talk, but you still are believers. You go to church. But everyone here today, the dew of heaven will be broken. Let's read this scripture. Job 38 verse 37. And I'm going to pray with it for you. It touched me. It touched me.
Job 38, verse 37. Who has the wisdom to count the clouds? Who can tip over the water jars of heaven? We've been praying this scripture for the past five days in our church. The only person that can tip the water jar of heaven is God. And today, that water jar is tipped in your favor. Directly over your home. It will heal. It will deliver. It will set free. It will restore. It will mend the broken heart. It will elevate. It will promote. It will bond. In the name of Jesus. Your marriage will stand out. Your marriage will be distinguished for good. Your marriage will be a testimony. Your marriage will be a reference point for good. Your marriage will stand tall. You will bless the tape. You will receive the, the, the crown. In the name of Jesus. I pray for your children. Both born and unborn. You will see them flourish in your lifetime. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. I pray for these ones standing that you will tip the water jar of heaven. Yes, yes, Lord. Over them, oh God. Yes, Lord. You will tip the water jar of them. You will face them and you will favor them. You will touch them, Father God, where it hurts most. You will lift them up because you are the glory and the lifter of their head. You will encompass them with favor as a shield. And then all that they have lost, Father God, in the time of pain, the year that the canker worm, the locusts, and the caterpillar has eaten, Father, you will, you will restore to them. I say you will restore to them. You are the repairer of the broken down bridge. You will repair. You will cause their fences to be mended. And your name will be glorified. In the name of Jesus. I'm, I'm calling him. I actually wish I could pray for those people standing. But I want us to take the communion. And um, I'm inviting him as a pastor now, not as my husband. As, a, as my pastor, as my head, as the authority over this house, who has given me the privilege and the rare opportunity to anchor a great meeting like this. He's going to administer the communion as the head of this meeting. Thank you. He touched me. Your spouse, 
and pray for them right now. You can just hold your spouse and just pray for her. Pray for him. Bible says confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Just pray for your spouse. Pray for your wife. Pray for your husband right now if you can. Leave them before the Lord. Let the intimacy begin. Let the mending begin. We've all come to the potter's house for a mending. Myself, yourself, we have come into the potter's house. Now he's mending us. Let the intimacy begin. Let the life begin. Let the joy begin. Let the juice begin to flow again. Let the new wine come back again. Let the water just of heaven be tipped. Let the showers of heaven begin to flow. He touched me. He touched me. Oh, it touched me. What a joy and what joy to fill my soul. But something happened and now I know that it touched me. And Can you rise your feet with me, please? He touched me. For he touched me. Yes, he touched me. And what a joy. And now something happens. Now I know that it touched me and made it. Let's sing it again. Something happens. Something happens. And now. I know that it touched me and made me own. I want you to lift your family before the Lord. There are different dimensions of a man or a man or woman's vision. This is one vision that the world never takes, tells us to take serious. They tell us to take our career very seriously. They tell us to take our personal lives very seriously. Volumes are written about how to be the best investor. How to spend the most time in time management, financial management. We are the Harvard schools, the Yales. We have the LBSs in this part of the world. And all they're all trying to do is how you can be a more successful person. But there is something else that God is bringing onto the scene and it is how to be able to balance life. Through people will tell you that your life is not balanced until your domestic vision is standing. The world as we have it today is in such a mess because this vital aspect that my wife just dealt on is missing. Nobody takes it seriously. 
the only constitution, the only manual that talks about it. Nobody reads it anymore. And for some people who used to read it in the countries, they even stopped it in their countries now and said nobody should read it. Yet the population is growing. More money is getting more available to people to spend. Also, a lot of habits are being formed. And so we see a world that is in crisis. The crisis of the world today is not a financial crisis. The real crisis in the world is marital crisis. Women have boyfriends they know they don't love. Men sleep with their secretaries that they know they don't have the future with. Because they know truly in their heart that the only future I have is with the bone of my bone and the flesh of my flesh. But I don't know how to reach her. Nobody's teaching me how to reach her. I know my life will be a lot better if I mend the fence with my wife and I, but nobody's telling me how. I don't know how to reach her. She shows me off, and I, and I get crazy about it. I get hungry, and nobody's telling me this how to mend it. So, we break a wall. We break a wall. I face my career. She faces hers. I face my business. She faces hers. And the children are patching everything, and they go to me, and they go to her. And then after a while, the children leave. And we all grow old and go to our graves depressed and sad. Asking ourselves, what is, the, what is the use of all the money we've made and of all the businesses we've, we've done when there is no one to spend this future with you in your old age? There's a time called old age. I know you have not reached it. When you need to look beside you and the only person you will see is not your son, it's not your, because you'll have, you'll have retired from your business. They'll be simply giving you money, subventions, but when you wake up in the morning, the person beside you is the person that hates you. You're kneeling on your crutches or your, or, your, or your walking stick. And beside you, there's no one. You look behind you, there's nobody. That's why you know that your children don't really love you. Because they will say, if you're a good man, where is our mother? If you're truly a good wife, you're my good mother, but you're a bad wife, where is our father? We know what you did to him. Children pay us back in our old age when we are weak and tired. That's why Jesus said, when you are young, you will lead your children everywhere, but when you are old, they will lead you where you don't want to go. But nobody teaches us these things. But I want to thank God for the vision God has put in the heart of this great woman. And I just want to stand with him in prayer. Maybe the Lord will bring a deliverance into your life today. In such a way that when you look into the heart of your spouse, you will not see pain, but you will see faith, trust, courage, confidence. Because the two of you will put to flight an amazing number of enemies. And there are many enemies, trust me. The secretary is your enemy. In your family, that's your daddy enemies. Your neighbors are your enemies. The only person who will stand beside you and loves you with all is our heart is your spouse. Now, if, like the Bible says, if God be against you, if God, if God is for you, who can be against you? But if God is against you, exactly the same way. If your wife or your husband is for you, who can be against you? Oh, but when your spouse is against you, the world can't deliver you. I pray for you today that God will help you, bring you into joy against your home. I want you to hold that person, that spouse, that I just asked we just break bread today together, husband and wife. 
if you can, please just, I want you to just, I'll pray this, what I, what, as I sat down there, what the Lord brought to my spirit is to pray the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's going to be scrolled up, so you don't need to read the Bible, I will read it for you, and then it's scrolling, it will do the job for you. And it says, thank you Lord, it says, may God himself, this one is not even a married heart counseling that can help him, it's God himself that can help him, it's gotten so bad, but God is a mender of the broken wall. I want to say to you, God is the mender of the broken wall. Some of you, you have not spoken nice things to your spouse for the last nine, eight years. But it's going to, a new day will begin today. Because God himself will step into that situation. Say, may God himself, the, and Bible calls him the God of peace. So your home has been in turmoil and in turbulence. But the God himself, the God of peace, as he comes in into your home today, he's bringing himself with himself the peace. The peace that humans can't explain. The peace that texts cannot contain. The peace that no one can explain. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Some of you are sick in your bodies right now because you have been having bad marriages. You find out that suddenly you wake up in the morning, the sickness is gone. Some of your business are in trouble. You are losing money. You are losing investment. You're losing your job. You're losing your mind. But today, you will find out suddenly things begin to take shape again. Now you've been wondering. Because the God of peace is coming into your home. And I'll receive it for you. And it says it will sanctify you. It will remove that feeling of selfishness, that arrogance, that tradition, that thing that's locked you down and that's killing you. You know you are dying in your body. Look at what the testimony the lady said. She said, I was dying my blood pressure, one moment I'm laughing, I'm smiling, next moment I'm passing out, I'm on oxygen. That's what the devil does. But God will bring his power into your life and he will purge out every poison that has been injected into your mind and he will sanctify you. And Bible assures us that it's not going to be just one area, it's going to be a total area. Your spirit, your soul, your body. Somebody say, my spirit, my soul, my body, come on, one more time, say me, my spirit, my soul, and my body. Bible says God will keep these three factors blameless. As we break bread this morning, I want you to receive this word with me. Now the God of heaven himself is stepping into your issue. I know you got a lot of issues before now. And we all got a lot of issues before now. My wife and I, we spoke yesterday, we argued, we spoke, we spoke for like six hours, we were talking, we were talking, and I, we will go forth and we will go back, we will go forth and go back, and we understood that something needs to be worked in our marriage, that we've taken for granted. But it's not something I can do by my energy, it's not something she can do by herself, but we have a God who can help us. I said we have a God who can help us. I'm so sure because he's the one that brought us into this situation this marriage. He's the one that created us, made us male and female. He had a purpose in mind when he made you male and female. We want to call on to him tonight, this morning. We want to break bread and celebrate his presence here this morning. So that he can step in into our marriages. So that he can step in into our crisis. So that he can step in into our arguments. So that he can step into our disputes. So that he can step in into our confusion. So that he can step in into our helplessness. Because he is our God. Father, we want to say this morning, we, lie, we rely on you, we trust you. We believe in you. And I just want to ask, I want to just, now baby, you need to stand with me on this. 
ask you to come to the room. Praise the Lord. Will you pray for your wife one more time or your husband one more time? Pray for them. So you can't pray for people because you don't love them. But as you begin to pray, God will begin to purify, sanctify your heart. I'm going to release you. I'm going to pray for her. Pray for him. God's word says, when you wrong one another, each other, confess it to each other and pray for each other. Pray for one another. But I pray for my wife. Rebuke the devil about that home. Rebuke that spirit of arguments. Come again, that spirit of division. Can two walk together except they be agreed? A house divided against itself can never stand. That's why your business is failing. That's why your health is failing. That's why your job is failing. That's why your money is failing. That's why your economics are failing. Can a house divided against itself stand? Now begin to command that your house will stand. This hand will, this house will not fall. This house will stand. This house I'm building with my wife will stand. This house will not fall. I want you to declare, prophesy, command it, command peace into your home. In every area where the, the enemy has stolen your peace, command him to give it up. Command him to give it back. Command peace of mind, health, sound mind, resource, favors, finances, showers of blessing to come. Your house will not be divided. Your home will not break. God who made you male and female from the beginning. The Lord who puts the love of you in the heart of this woman. That puts your love in the heart of that man. It will not break. It will make sure that home is kept in safe. May the God of peace himself 
may God himself even the God of peace sanctify you spirit and soul and body may he present you your husband your wife blameless before the Lord may you husband be able to present your wife blameless for the Lord may you present her as a radiant bride may your bride from now on be radiant may joy fill our heart because of you may peace and understanding rule your home may there be mutual submission may you be a team working together towards the purpose that God has for your home may the life of God that is in Christ Jesus become real in your life I declare may love and respect may submission and respect may love and respect come back into that home may there be understanding may you speak with one voice may you stand together and execute divine purpose may your peace increase may your joy increase may your health be good may your home thrive may your children be mighty on the surface of the earth may that pregnancy come now I command the womb that's empowering to open I stand in agreement with all the couple here believing God for the fruit of the womb I command that semen to be fatter I command that head to be fatter I command that system to line up with God's will in the beginning he blessed them he says multiply be fruitful replenish the earth I speak the blessings of the beginning to you I say multiply replenish fulfill I speak the blessings of Genesis to you I say replenish the earth multiply 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 let your health multiply let your peace multiply let your joy multiply let your son my multiply you will no longer go to bed in sorrow you will no longer eat the bread of affliction for you wives I say you will no longer walk in depression I say for you wives you will no longer walk in short life I say for you men I rebuke that cancer in your system I rebuke that cancer in your blood I rebuke that infirmity that terminal sickness from the crown of your head to your feet I stand within agreement in the blood of Jesus we send the blood against that infirmity that demonic attack we stand against it that incursion of sin we stand against it we said two of us shall put for 10,000 we agree with you my wife and I will stand in faith and we said from now onward nothing I said nothing from now onwards nothing will be impossible to you as a couple Father we honor you today we bless and worship God of all creation God of heaven and earth the God who made us male and female we adore you we respect you we submit ourselves to you first Lord I submit this home to you come on men submit that home to the Lord wives submit that home to the Lord Bible says submit yourself therefore to God rebuke the devil and he will flee Father I submit this home I stand my wife Father we submit the home of Tokuba and Fumi Johnson to the Lord our waking moment our sleeping moment our morning afternoon evening time from now till we breathe our very last on the earth we submit our home to you Lord we release it to you father you are the owner of this house this is your house this is your home this is your family and we honor you father we glorify you come on saints bless him and honor him husband wife together you are champions celebrate the champion of all appreciate the king of all adore magnify him we love his name what a god what a king what a blessing 
text from us saying we have received your data. If you don't get it, by, we've received your uh, confirmation details. If you don't get it by Friday, please um, call. I'll give you the person's number. Stop with me. I'll give you a number. Bombard her. Then every month, we promise you we're going to send you an email just to encourage you in your marriage. So please, your, your, your email address, we've made boxes. Put each letter in a box so that it's very, and if possible, put it in capital. We will understand that it's all lowercase. So we want to, to communicate. Our marriages will stand. Do you understand what I'm saying? So let's take the communion and then we're going to dance. Immediately after the communion, please, ushers, move all the chairs back. Bold husband and wife, excuse your spouse out. Please don't give me anything. You don't blues. Are you sure these guys can play? Because they're not married. See? Right. Oh, okay, only one of them is married. He will help them. Where is Steve? Steve, don't abandon. Okay, stay with your wife. That's fine. <laughs> That's the head of music, and he's decided that I think my ministry is more to my wife. Pastor, keep your music. I want to say, <laughs> I want to keep your own. Pastor, you keep your church. I want, and I agree with you. That's very good. Come on, let's let's agree with that. That's, like, that's very good. He said to stay with his wife. Amen. So we're just gonna have break bread right now, and. Um, what we're doing, when we, when we break bread in the communion, what it is actually, for those of you who might not understand, it's a sacrament. It's a covenant meal. And what we do when we take this meal is not it's that we are bringing the third person, not your mother, you know, your father, the third part of the court, which is God himself, into the relationship again. And that's what we want to do this moment. We want to celebrate the third party in the covenant. We want to celebrate the one. We want to, bring, we want to let him know that we need him in this relationship. So we want to enter into a covenant with him again. So we are having a covenant meal and we are breaking bread. That's what it's about. Okay? So what we'll do for those of you who have not done this because before is you'll take a piece of bread and you'll break it. Okay? And give your, your, your spouse, your wife one. Okay? Now let's let him, let's your husband drive in this case. Okay? Let's have the husband to drive. So wife, you know wives, I'm sure the wife, the bread is in the hand of the wife and the wine too. Move in or what? You'll keep it. What are you? I, I keep everything. I, I, so now, so now, hand over the bread to the to the head of the family and let him break it, and then he'll feed you, and then he'll feed himself, and then we'll take the wine also. The man also will serve you. Let it, let wife don't serve your husband, okay? Let the man serve you. 
And is anybody here whose wife is not here? Or your husband is not here? So what are you going to do? My friend says someone is jealous here. Well, I can't help you in this case. This is a couple's breakfast. Okay? But we will, we will, we will try. We even have singles among us. Okay, it's fine. We believe in God that God will give us. So what we'll do for those of you whose wives are not here or whose spouse are not here, take it on your own, okay? But in your mind, release the same covenant and blessing upon your spouse. Can we, can we do that? So we take the bread. This is the point where the man takes the bread and breaks it. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And he gives it to his wife and feeds her. And then feeds himself. Praise God. You know what my wife said to me? She said, your own is bigger. I wasn't even wondering. Somebody's complained to her husband. So I said, yes. I, I was going to say, it's, your, your bread is bigger than my own. We only don't have breakfast. How come your own bread is bigger than my own? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says, and in the same night, with the disciples, to cut that covenant with them, he took the wine and said, this is the new covenant. What's the new covenant? Say, this is the new covenant in my blood. And anytime you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. So this is the, time, this is the point where the man takes the cup and gives serves his wife. Let her drink as much as she wants. <laughs> you want to take this? Okay, she wants to take this. Take it well, because I'm going to ask you how nice it is. And then you say, serve your rest. Want to lift your hands together with me, please? Just lift your right hand together if you can. Husband and wife, just join one, your, one hand with your wife and lift. I want only one hand up. I want only the husband's hand up. Join hand and I'll let the old husband's hand be up. Yes, like this. So that we are, we are unified and we're standing before God. So both of us are one flesh. It could be my wife's hand. But because I'm the one ordering this meeting, okay, I need to let you know. Leave those hands to the Lord. You say, Father, with joy in my heart, I bless this home. With your love, with your peace, with your fruitfulness, and with your blessing. And I promise you, I will watch over this home. I will make it your home. I will establish your will in this home. I will walk in wisdom. I will lead this family in the fear of the Lord. And I will, pro I will, pro I will provide covering and leadership for this home. Help me, Holy Spirit. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you have your wife beside you, this is the time where you can kiss the bride too. But if you don't have your spouse with you, you can kiss imaginary. That's okay. <laughs> It's time for dance. If you have questions, write them. After the dance, I can take the questions. But it's time for dance, dance, dance. Please make sure husbands should feel a separate form from the wife. One form per person, please. And then also, we want to expand the couples committee breakfast, couples breakfast committee to 
people outside our church. If you like to join the committee, it doesn't cost you money. Just so that we can be able to expand this. How many people believe that this is a good thing God is staffing? Take a name and phone number. Any other person? We need men, two men to join us. There's a man there. Staffy, there's a man there. There are three hands here. Sir Josephine. Three, there are three people here. So this is time to take your wife out to a party. Please see those hands. Take their name and phone number, please. Thank you. Richard, can you take this out to this side? Richard. You know why this is very important? Most times when we go out to... Bring that a little bit. Most times when we go out to functions, there, there is always the girl's side and then the boy's side. The boys talk football. The girls talk the latest gist. So normally we really don't, we, even though we live our homes together, but once we get to the function, both sides part ways, and it's until, when, until when it's time for, are you ready to go home? And then we call the children, we call the husband, we call the wife, and so yeah, yeah let us go home. But really, it's important for us to together come together and really love one another and celebrate and dance together, okay? And we'll just do this for just a brief moment of time, okay? As a mark of, as a, as a sign that something new has started in our lives. And okay, men, I know you're very shy, just like me, okay? But let's do this. Girls are, the, our girls are superb on this one. So in fact, I've been waiting for this opportunity for a long, long time. The party you are never taking me to now, it is the opportunity. You have to look into my face and speak nice things to me. Praise the Lord. So, men, I'm asking that you please cooperate with your wife and let's just dance together. Okay? While those who are, whose spouse are not here, well, just dance too. Or if you are, or if you are single, just say, Lord, as they are dancing together, so also in my own life too. I will, I will have dance and joy in my home. In the name of the Lord. So if you have done filling your form, please join us in the front.
more understanding of the message you just received or for counseling and bothering issues. Visit us at number 360 Mortala Mohammed Way, Yaba, Lagos, every Tuesday from 5.30 to 7.30 p.m. or call 01-893-8243. You can also join us on Sunday morning from 9 to 11.30 a.m. For further inquiries about the meetings or ministry, please call 01-893-8243 or email us at capstone underscore c at yahoo.com. God bless you for listening.